Welcome back, Nexus Church Family Online, to another week in our series in the book of Haggai, where we are looking at this very small but powerful book and applying some of the truths to our lives. Last week, if you were with us, we learned as the intro to this series about God's passion for us to have a passion for His presence. Sounds like a mouthful, but in essence, it's how much God desires for us to want to be with Him. He has a passion for us, and He longs that we would imitate that to Him. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis, we saw that so clearly when God longed to be in the garden with Adam and Eve, and they chose instead to go their own way, and how much that pained Him to have to banish them from his presence. God always, throughout the books in the Bible, tells us of his great love for us, all the way to the point where he would send his own son to take our place so he could once again be in our presence and not just be with us, but live in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And so we're going to build on that this week, and we're going to look at the next chapter, chapter 2 in the book of Haggai. And we're going to see, maybe you're going to resonate with this, but when we catch God's vision and we get excited for it, we get passionate for Him and want to be with Him and read His Word and be in the presence of other people that are excited about Him and worship Him and just just have this desire to, to be in in exactly where he is, there will be times where we get discouraged. In our passage today, we're going to read about how we can so easily fall into the same line that the Israelites found themselves in after just a few short weeks of getting back into building the temple after 14 years of being in in between land where they didn't really do anything to build God's temple. And now they were just fired up. If you were with us last week, we, we read how excited they were. And they just got right to work. And God empowered them. And he gave them the energy, the resources, everything they needed. They got to work. But it didn't take long for them to get discouraged. And so let's just read three quick little verses. And then we're going to unpack them just a little bit and then finish the rest. So Haggai chapter 2 verse 1. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and to the remnant of the people. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now. Doesn't it seem to you like nothing in comparison? What is that all about? Well, again, if you were with us last week, we read from the book of Ezra. This book was written to tell the people who are coming back from captivity all about what was about to happen. Ezra was a great historical book, and now Haggai comes along and is referring back to that time. He's saying, remember when you first built this temple? When you started 14 years ago, technically 18 years, they started it, and then 
You ended it just 14 years ago. You stopped all the work. Why was it that you stopped the work? Originally, it was because they got discouraged and they were also uh, intimidated by their enemies and threatened to be killed if they continued to work. Now they were discouraged again. Why? Because there were some people in the presence of the Israelites in the time of Haggai that were looking around and they were seeing the foundations that they were building upon once again. And they were seeing a, a temple, a church, a place where God's presence was going to dwell. And they saw how lame it was. It was so basic it was far from the beauty of Solomon's temple where it just shined. And when people from traveling around the world would come and see it, they would be blinded because the light shining off it was so bright that it would blind them. It was full of gold and bronze and just immaculate. And now they were looking around. They were discouraged. After all those years of sitting making excuses for why they didn't want to pick up the work that God called them to way back in Ezra. They started making stupid excuses. We don't have time. We've got better things to do. We don't have the resources. We need to take care of our own house and families. We don't have food. We don't have water. And God said, consider your ways. And they did. And they woke up, and now they were discouraged. We don't have exactly the timeline of how long it took them to be building and then get discouraged again, but maybe it was another two years, just like previously in Ezra, where they worked for two years, and then they got discouraged. Maybe they were working for another two years, and they looked around, and they said, man, we've sacrificed time, our skills, and effort that we could have given to something else. We sacrificed our money. We gave it all, and... Look at this. We're so discouraged. God, you called us to build something beautiful, and this seems so far from what you would want us to build. Maybe that really hits home for you today. Maybe it seems to you like everything that has happened in the last few years is just taking your dreams away, your hopes, everything you've worked towards, maybe your retirement, your career, everything just seems to be gone. It seems as if our whole culture, our whole society, all of the world is in this funk, this discouragement. This, it's not going to get better. We're negative. The glass is half empty. People are against each other. Nobody gets along. If we just boil it down to ourselves and we look inside and we consider everything that's gone on, if we would get real, we would really dig what's going on inside of us, why we are discouraged. It, it could be a lot of things. But I know for myself, as I looked inside, I, I've realized that what I expected out of myself wasn't reality. My skills, my abilities didn't equate to what I thought I should have performed. And I looked around and everything that I did just seemed to, to fall apart. My expectations 
were too high. I expected too much. I got nothing in return. Uh, maybe for you, you, you thought that God was going to do something and he never followed through. Or maybe somebody else was promising you something and they fell through. There's so many things that can equate to why we're discouraged. It could be us. It could be others. It could be just circumstances as a whole. I mean, who couldn't blame COVID for messing everything up, right? We all have something that we could point to and say, if it wasn't for that, I would be there. We're discouraged. But I believe that what God said to Israel after this is so for us today. Israel was discouraged. They looked around. The temple was lame. They felt like they could have done so much better, but their skills weren't enough. They, they were complaining that God wasn't providing for them so that they couldn't give what they could have if, if God gave them excess. And so they looked around. They were discouraged. And then God said this most beautiful statement in return. Listen to the next few verses. Verse 4 of Haggai 2. Even so be strong, Zerubbabel. This is the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. Be strong. Work, for I am with you, the declaration of the Lord of armies. This is the promise I made to you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid. For the Lord of armies says this, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come. I will fill this house and glory, says the Lord of armies. The silver and gold belong to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. There is so much in this that I gain hope from. I gain courage from. And the first thing that really caught my eye, got my attention as I was reading this, and God really just impressed this on me. God spoke to them and said, I see your discouragement. I see how much you feel like you're a failure. I see how much you're questioning why haven't I provided for you. You're in a bad place, Israel. And then he says, even so. Even so. You're discouraged. You don't feel like this is worth your time or effort. You feel like my presence is never going to dwell in this house because it's not good enough. Even so. You may be saying right now, I'm discouraged. My life is not where it should be. I don't see that there's any way of getting out. There's no hope. God's looking at you today and he's saying, even so. Even so, 
And he follows it with, be strong. He didn't just say it one time to the leader or to the high priest. He said it three times, and he said it to all people. Be strong. Now, I know, Israel, I know what you're saying. You're saying, my skills aren't enough. My money isn't enough. My time isn't enough. All these things aren't enough. Be strong because I am with you. Your strength doesn't come from your skills, your abilities, what time you have to give to this. It's in me. Be strong in me. And work. Work. Get back to what I called you to. Don't fall out of it again and make all these excuses and then wonder why my presence isn't here. Get back to what I've called you to. Come back to me. Do what I long for you to do. Enter my presence and follow through. Do what you called to do. Give what you have. Don't worry about what other people have or compare yourself to Solomon's old beautiful temple that was magnificent. I gave him all that. It wasn't in him. I provided. You do what you are called to do and I don't care if it's not as magnificent as what I once had. What I care about is what you do obedience. Trust me. I'll take care of it. You do what you are called to do. Give your time, your skills, your ability, and I'll do the rest. I'll take care of you. I've got you. And in case you forgot, he finishes it with that. I am with you. Right? Listen to that. Be strong, all you people. Work, for I am with you. That is so amazing. Be strong. Work. I am with you. You don't have to worry. Stop comparing. Stop looking. Stop wishing you had more so you could do more. Just give what you have. You may not be the greatest in your field. You may not have the most success. You may not have the most money in what you do. Your neighbor might have better things than you. Just do what you can. I'm with you. And then he goes into, I will shake the nations, this is verse 7, so that all the treasures of the nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory. I will fill this house with glory. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Friends, think about this. God is the one who is responsible for the greatness. Not you. You do what you have. Whatever talents and gifts, and money that might be, you have the open hands, and you say, I'm yours. Do with me as you will. That's all he asks. I realize that that might seem scary, and very dangerous, 
We don't know what God might ask. The beautiful thing is, is the more we're obedient and open to what he has, the more he gives. He promised at the end, the final glory of this house will be greater than the first. I don't fully know what that means. If he's looking into the future, into what heaven will be like, or or what that might entail. But the fact is, the responsibility to make something beyond what you could ever dream or imagine is on God. And whether he chooses to use you, somebody else, or he does it himself, we must be obedient every step of the way. He'll take care of it. What really matters is that we press into Him. We long for His presence and we long to follow what He asks. That's all. That's what matters. And as we're obedient and we work, He will continue to be with us. He will continue to provide everything we need to do whatever He asks. And so today, maybe you're here, you're listening wherever you may be. It might be 20 years down the road, and when I said COVID, you'll be like, whoa, that, that was a long time ago. I forgot that even happened. The point is, no matter where you're at, when you listen to this, everybody experiences discouragement. You may not have done that yet. Maybe you're younger and you haven't gotten to the point where you feel like you're a failure or somebody let you down or something or God let you down, but you would have been so much further along if it wasn't for fill in the blank. We experience discouragement. And today, just like The prophet Haggai, speaking for God, spoke to the people of Israel. So he speaks to you today. God is saying, I am with you. Be strong. Work. I will take care of this. Will you trust me? And will you obey me? See, it begins with trust. It's hard to obey if you don't trust God. It's hard to obey if you don't trust God. So my encouragement for you today, will you trust God? Will you put your hope in Him? He cares for you. He loves you. And as we read in Romans 8, 28, I want you to hear this passage. God says to you, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. Every detail of your life. You may feel discouraged. Remember, don't give up on God. He's got you. He's going to work this out for your good. And then Paul continues and says, for we are his. He says lovers. He loves you. Who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. He's got a purpose and a design for you. Trust Him. Trust Him. 
but, 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 ah, look around. This, there's, things aren't just going right. I, I can't, I, the world is just blowing up. The, the liberals are taking things and going all over the place. The conservatives, they're just a bunch of, ugh, and you fill in the blank, or, or the wars, or the economy, I, I, the, the schools, I can't trust them. I, I, I gotta hold on tight. Even so. world around you may be falling apart, but even so, God is with you. And this glory that he is going to portray, he's going to work out for good. He's got you. He cares about you immensely. He's not going to let you go. Don't let him go. No matter what you go through, trust him. He loves you. Today, if you haven't done that, if you haven't trusted him, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, I'm going to trust you, will you do that? Give him your life. Trust him. Father, I pray for every person listening today, no matter where they're at in their walk with you, I pray that they would trust you. They would believe that you care for them, and no matter what, you will walk with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today, Nexus Church family, and I so look forward to talking to you again real soon.